Hello and welcome to Based on a True Story this week, where we'll look at how movies depicted historical events that happened between March 13th and March 19th. Let's get into it. March 13th, 1943. Krakow, Poland. There's a man applying shaving cream to his face. Then the camera cuts to another man doing the exact same thing. For a moment, the scene cuts back and forth between these two men who are obviously in different locations, but they're doing the same thing. Then we hear a voiceover. The man speaking says, Today is history. We can see it's one of the men who was shaving who is speaking. He's dressed now. He's in a military uniform, a Nazi uniform, and he's speaking to a bunch of other men in Nazi uniforms. They're all standing around him in a rectangle between a few buildings. The man addressing the rest of the soldiers is Amon Gut. He's played by Ray Fiennes in the film. He repeats himself, saying, Today is history, and you are a part of it. Then he goes on to explain why today is history. He says that 600 years ago, Casimir the Great told the Jews they could come to Krakow. As he continues to talk about how the Jews flourished in Krakow for 600 years, we can see people in Krakow looking out their windows to see a row of tables being set up, a chair behind each table with ink and pen. Gut ends his speech by saying that this evening, those six centuries are a rumor. Then we see a man and a woman riding on a horse. This man is the other man who started his day off by shaving. This man is Oscar Schindler. He's played by Liam Neeson. Trucks filled with Nazis pour into the streets. Good get the order for where they are to start and how the soldiers will proceed. From a nearby hilltop, Schindler watches as Nazi soldiers in Krakow rip people from their homes. Many are shot. The rest would be taken to a concentration camp. This depiction comes from the 1993 movie called Schindler's List. And unfortunately, it is true that this is an event that happened this week in history, the liquidation of Krakow by the Nazis that took place on March 13th and 14th in 1943. In the movie, Ray Fine's version of Amon Gut mentions Casimir and a 600-year history of Jews in Krakow. And the basic gist of that is true. That would be in the 1300s, and King Casimir the Great was the last Polish king from his dynasty as he reigned from 1335 to 1370, but that's a story for another day. During the Nazis' liquidation of the Krakow ghetto, the SS murdered 2,000 Jews in the ghetto. Another 2,000 were deemed capable of work and sent to nearby Platzau concentration camp. That's the one we see being run by Gut in the movie, and it is true that he was the commandant of that concentration camp. The remaining 3,000 or so Jews were sent to Auschwitz-Birkenau, where about 549 of them, 499 men and 50 women, were forced into labor, and the rest were murdered in gas chambers. In the movie, we see Liam Neeson's version of Oscar Schindler watching the liquidation of the Krakow ghetto, and it plays a big part in his decision to go on to risk his own life and save over a thousand Jews. At least that's how the movie portrays it. And it is true that Oskar Schindler had a factory in Krakow, but it is not true that the liquidation of the ghetto was a major turning point that sparked his movement to save Jews, like the movie seems to imply. It was a slower process than that. He convinced Gut to let him set up a special camp of sorts just for Jews who worked for him. 
If you want to watch the event that happened this week in history, it is shown in the 1993 movie Schindler's List. And while the liquidation of the ghetto begins at 55 minutes, I would recommend watching the entire movie to get much better context around it all. And then after you watch the movie, you can take a deep dive into the true story by listening to episode number 58 of Based on a True Story. The weather is getting nicer, which means now is the perfect time to plan ahead for summer fun. Personally, I'm hoping to be able to visit my family this summer, and that means booking flights as soon as possible before the prices go up. And now you can help ensure your money is there when you need it with today's sponsor, Earn In. Just download the Earn In app, verify your paycheck, and watch your earnings tick up as you work. Access up to $100 a day and up to $750 per pay period so you can start making your summer plans now. It's free and easy to get started. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in True Story under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. True Story under podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Thanks, Earn In. Our next movie takes place on the very same day as the last movie, March 13th. 1943. This time, we're not in Poland, though, but there's text on the screen in the movie that tells us we're at the German Eastern Front in Smolensk, Russia. Two passenger planes are being escorted by two fighters. We can see from the swastika on their tails that they're Nazi planes. The ground below is covered in a deep green forest. In the middle of the forest is a clearing with a runway. The fighters pass by the runway as they allow the passenger planes to land first. As they taxi on the runway, a row of Nazi soldiers are standing at attention. A bunch of soldiers pile out of the plane first, followed by more important senior officials. Then, David Bamber's version of Adolf Hitler steps off the plane. We see Hitler meeting with some of his officers. One of them is Kenneth Branagh's version of General Henning von Treskow. In the next scene, Treskow and another soldier are putting something into a bottle of liquor. Treskow mentions something about a fuse. This must be a bomb. He places the fuse carefully, then looks up as the sound of the plane engine starting back up can be heard. Hitler is leaving. Treskow rushes a box to Tom Hollander's version of Colonel Brandt just before he gets on the plane with Hitler. It's a wooden box, and Treskow shows what's inside, a bottle of liquor. Brandt takes it and hops on the plane. That night, Treskow is sitting anxiously by the phone when it rings. The plane has landed. This depiction comes from the 2008 movie called Valkyrie, and it shows an event that happened this week in history, the attempted assassination of Adolf Hitler on March 13, 1943. While the general idea of what we see in the movie is pretty accurate, there is more to the story. This plot to kill Hitler was codenamed Operation Flash, or sometimes it's translated as Operation Spark, The name, which was given by General Tresco, was because he and other anti-Nazi German officers didn't believe it would be possible to overthrow the rest of the Nazis while Hitler was still alive. So they were going to assassinate Hitler and take Germany back from the Nazis. 
Hitler was visiting field headquarters in Ukraine for about a month in early 1943. And on the way back to Germany, he was going to stop in Smolensk, where the Army Group Center's headquarters were located. General Treskow was the chief operations officer of the Army Group Center, or AGC, and a few others involved in the conspiracy were in the AGC as well. So it was a perfect opportunity for them to take action. And they had a few different options they thought about. They could just shoot Hitler while he was having dinner, but they didn't like the idea of shooting an unarmed man. They could start a battle with Hitler's SS guard, but they didn't like the idea of Germans fighting each other. So they decided to go with the option to put a bomb on the plane that would go off after a period of time. The idea being that the plane would take off and then blow up in the air. And just like we see in the movie, the bomb was put into a box that was supposed to have bottles of liquor that Treskow gave to Colonel Brandt. He really was an officer on Hitler's staff. And just like we see in the movie, Treskow asked Brandt to deliver the liquor to General Steve. He wasn't part of the plot, but Treskow knew Steve and... He was an anti-Nazi as well. While Treskow couldn't have known it at the time, it seems the detonator got too cold in the atmosphere as the box was in the cargo hold that was not heated. So the bomb never went off. What we don't see in the movie is that after they realized the bomb didn't go off, one of the men working with Treskow took a plane himself to retrieve the box from Brandt before the bomb could be discovered. If you want to watch the event that happened this week in history, the movie I'm talking about is, of course, the 2008 film Valkyrie. And the Smolensk-Rastenberg assassination attempt takes place right near the beginning at about 6 minutes and 40 seconds into the movie. After you watch that movie, you can learn more about the true story by listening to episode number 62 of Based on a True Story. March 15th, 44 B.C., Rome. Here in Heinz character, Gaius Julius Caesar walks into a massive building followed by a bunch of men. James Purifoy's character, Mark Antony, tries to follow but gets distracted by someone else. Caesar enters a great room filled with lots of men. They're all wearing white robes with red, almost as if it's a uniform of the Roman Senate. Because that's where they are, the Senate of Rome. Caesar acknowledges other senators as he enters telling Barca that he hasn't forgotten. He doesn't really say what he hasn't forgotten, but it's not a focus for long because there's another senator named Simber that approaches Caesar and reminds him that he was going to consider revoking his brother's exile. Everyone wants something from Caesar, it seems. Basically, politics. Everyone wants something from someone else. Caesar tells Simber that he's still considering it. Then he grabs Caesar's hand. Caesar pulls his hand away, looking back at Simber. Simber grabs at Caesar's cloak even harder now, pushing him away. Caesar and Simber are facing each other for a moment before Simber says, What are you waiting for? Now! After an awkward pause, senators from all around the room start mobbing Caesar and stabbing at him. He grabs the first knife, cutting his hand, but there are too many men surrounding him. Before long, Caesar's white cloak is soaked in blood. Lying there, bleeding to death, the last man to approach Caesar is Tobias Menzies' character, Marcus Brutus. Caesar looks up at him and sobs just before Brutus delivers the fatal blow to Caesar. This depiction comes from the HBO miniseries called Rome, and it shows an event that happened this week in history 
the assassination of Julius Caesar on March 15th, 44 BC. And it is true that Caesar was stabbed to death by Roman senators like we see in the series. Some sources suggest up to 60 were involved in the assassination that took place on the Ides of March, stabbing him 23 times. While we associate the term, the Ides of March, with Caesar's assassination, the Ides of March was not something that was always linked to Caesar's assassination. In a nutshell, the Roman calendar worked a lot differently than our calendar does today, and Ides simply meant the 15th day of a 31 month, like March. Later, in William Shakespeare's play called Julius Caesar, there's a line that says, Beware the Ides of March. And since then, the term, the Ides of March, has been tied to Julius Caesar's assassination. Speaking of Shakespeare, in the HBO miniseries, you'll notice another difference. Kieran Hines' version of Caesar does not say, A tu Brute, right before Brutus delivers the final blow. We don't know for sure if Caesar actually said that, but that famous line is something that, again, comes from Shakespeare's play. Although, just like Shakespeare didn't come up with the term Ides of March, he also didn't come up with the idea that Caesar said something before he died. Ancient historian Suetonius wrote about the 12 Caesars in the year 119 AD, so long before Shakespeare, but also over 150 years after Julius Caesar's assassination. In his writing, Suetonius wrote that when Brutus stabbed him, Caesar said, you too, my child? Of course, that's the English translation. And because translations and various writings and reinterpretations and tellings of the story, that's how we get a variety of different things that Caesar may have said prior to his death. Or maybe he didn't say anything at all. If you want to watch the event that happened this week in history, check out the HBO miniseries called Rome. Caesar's assassination happened in the last episode of the first season. At season one, episode 12, at about 36 minutes and 37 seconds. This episode of Based on a True Story this week was written and produced by me, Dan LeFebvre. Before I let you go, while not historical events, there are some birthdays this week for people who have been mentioned in movies or TV shows. So after hearing those events that actually happened this week, if you're still looking for some recommendations of things to watch this week, here are a few more historical options for you. On March 14th, 1879, Albert Einstein was born in Ulm, Germany. Of course, he is the famous Nobel Prize winning physicist, and he's been portrayed in a number of movies and TV shows, such as being played by Jeffrey Rush in the TV series simply called Genius, as well as being played by Tom Conti in Christopher Nolan's newest movie called Oppenheimer. It's scheduled to come out this summer, so you can't really watch that this week. But this week, you can set a reminder to watch it this summer. On March 15th, 270 AD, Nicholas of Bari was born, or at least that's traditionally when his birthday is considered to be. He was a bishop in the early Christian church. And while I'm not aware of any movies that depict the story of Nicholas Bari, he is better known as St. Nicholas and was the basis of the traditional stories of Santa Claus or St. Nick. So in a way, he's in almost every Christmas movie. So I thought it was relevant, and if you want to watch some Christmas movies this week, there's a great excuse for you. On March 19, 1848, Wyatt Earp was born in Monmouth, Illinois. He's best known as being part of the famous gunfight at the OK Corral. He's played by Kurt Russell in the 1993 movie Tombstone, 
If you learn want to learn more about the true story, for example, learning things like calling it the gunfight at the OK Corral is a misnomer because it didn't actually take place at the OK Corral. We covered the true story behind Tombstone on episode number 142 of Based on a True Story. If you get value out of Based on a True Story, you can give back whatever you feel it's worth, whether it's a dollar, ten dollars, a hundred dollars, whatever value you get out of the show, you can give back and learn how to get ad-free versions of the show over at basedonatruestorypodcast.com slash support. Once again, that's basedonatruestorypodcast.com slash support. Until next time, thanks so much for listening, and I'll chat with you again really soon.